Welcome to an all new episode of Talking About Walkers, the Walking Dead podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California, and I'm joined by the one for all the beautiful, the talented Jen. How you doing, Jen? Hey, <clears throat> I'm hanging in there. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I mean, you couldn't even tell it's a pandemic right now. That's how good I am. Wow. Well, that's actually, yeah, that is good. I, you know, I've been thinking about this over the past couple of days, and I have to say that the number of people that I am seeing on all kinds of social media who are listening to podcasts, Welcome catching to up an on new stuff, episode. is enormous. So if we can add to your entertainment factor, then I am really glad to be here. I'm right here for that. Well, I feel the same way. I am happy to be here. I'm happy to, you know, if somebody finds enjoyment out of what we're doing, I hopefully, you know, we can provide that. So let's talk. Um, I was just going to say, I am not super happy with The Walking Dead this week. Really? Why is that? Um, well, let's just say that I... Every time The Walking Dead tries to pull out all the stops, it always feels so forced. And this episode, I didn't see some of it coming, to tell you the truth. But I also felt like, oh my god, is there? can you guys sort of get your stuff together so you can you know, tell us a story that is surprising without making it feel too obvious? I don't know. Well, I guess we can talk about it as we get into the episode, but I, I, I loved what happened. Like I loved the story points. I just, it's just the way that they do stuff that just drives me absolutely up the wall. Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, first of all, the episode begins um, very similar to uh, the that episode of Game of Thrones, uh, episode three of season eight. Um, you know, uh, the one that the dark episode that everybody just loved so much. And it mm. was, uh, it was, um, uh oh, what's going on here? Oh, okay. Uh oh, sorry about that. We're having uh, technical issues. Are you talking about Battle of the Bastards? Yes, there we go. Okay, so yeah, better. All right. Sorry, it was a, a technical issue and now we're good. Um, yeah, uh, no, no, not, it wasn't Battle of the Bastards. It was some, called something else in that last season. Um, I, I'm trying to remember what that episode was titled. Oh, uh, Dark was, Ass Episode. <laughs> we'll call it the Dark Ass Episode. The, the Dark Episodes. There we go. Right, right. So, you know, it, it, um, you know, it, uh, it, it, I thought that was, it was going to be the whole episode was going to be was going to be that, you know, uh, that kind of thing. But it was more so just the beginning of the episode, which was fine. Mm -hmm. I don't think we needed a whole episode of, uh, of carnage like that. I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know about you. Did you, did you feel like we've been through so many of these is the thing. And so at this point, giving us the abridged version of what we already know is going to happen, I think does the story credit because, we know what happens. Uh, so unless 
there is something really specific that needs to stand out, we already have the roadmap for what these battles look like. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah, I think so too. And to be honest with you, at this point, I'm so over it. You know, like, uh, it's just like kind of whatever at this point to me. You mean over the story or just over the battles? The battles, uh, they don't really do nothing for me uh, personally. See, see that, that's that's something that I that I'm I'm kind of, we I guess we can bring up a whole bunch of stuff now because uh, this this epic struggle between Alpha, Beta, uh, Carol, Hilltop, um, you know the zombie horde. Everybody, everybody that's involved. It, the thing that made that work was Alpha was such an incredibly strong bad guy. Really great character to be an antagonist. And the thing that that makes The Walking Dead work still, in my opinion, is that the characters still, are, m- many of them, I won't say all of them, because some of them I feel like are super milk toast and just not even, yeah, I don't really like them. But the ones that are around, they are still really interesting. And when we add the level of protagonist or the and the antagonist to a protagonist who clearly has you know some gumption and uh you know maybe not just out of the box responses to what's going on it makes the whole thing more interesting now what isn't interesting is sort of just the tactical stuff right If I can go back to the Game of Thrones thing, the reason that Battle of the Bastards was so, to me, was so incredibly cool, and that's, I think, why it was sticking in my mind, is because the battle itself was set up to be very interesting. There were a lot of things at play in there, which perhaps people hadn't seen before. And so that made it this, you know, super tense, really awesome kind of thing. But there's only so much that The Walking Dead can do with with a zombie horde that we haven't seen before, that hasn't sort of been accomplished in some way. And we have to keep focusing on our protagonists and our antagonists. And that, I think, is one of the strengths of the story with the Whisperers and Hilltop and Alexandria and everybody else. It, it does feel like at least that is sort of shifted a little bit. You know what I mean? Oh, no, I definitely understand what, you, what you're saying, for sure. So I'm really glad that they didn't super hyper focus on, you know, just the sort of, okay, how, you know, we've got a zombie horde coming, you know, now what are we going to do? In fact, somebody who was watching the show with me commented that almost everything that they did in this battle was something that has been done prior. So a, a different season, you know, the same kind of tactic. And to some degree, I think, you know, it's good to see that they have a long memory that they are that they're using the things that they have learned from before in order to get better at doing this. But it is really also very obvious that you cannot hold back the tide of the dead, that it's just, I mean, I feel like if there was any metaphor for this episode at all, it is that the tide of the dead is relentless and there's no way that you can defeat it 
in a way that is going to preserve who you are, what you have, and, you know, civilization is going to continue to be a crumbly thing that they're just is they just don't have the numbers to be able to do what I think they think they can accomplish. You, do, does that make sense? Because it, because sometimes when I think about this, I, I oftentimes, you know, go back to this whole idea with The Walking Dead of it, it really is about rebuilding civilization. But it's about all of the little key points of rebuilding civilization. And it's not just, you know, oh, hey, well, let's just start a community. It's about leadership. It's about uh, deceit. It's about spies. It's about, um, you know, stuff breaking down and not having equipment. And what about kids? And how do we handle pregnancy? And like, I mean, all of the stuff that goes into being sort of good people after the fact are right here for us to see, but we, it's like, we have to keep coming back to the focus of nothing is ever going to be okay again. Right. D does that make sense? Yeah. This is the world that in which everyone lives in now. So, and I think people who understand that tend to have a better time in all of this. Uh, I mean, mm. I guess it depends on what you call a better time. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, but uh Yeah. No, I, I feel what you're well, saying. Well, there, there is, you know, there's two types of people in The Walking Dead right now, uh, at least for our antagonist, I mean, for our protagonist. There are the people who have accepted that this is the new normal, and they tend to sometimes be less than, uh, they're less than understood by the people who are much more hopeful, who try to inject something bigger into the narrative um and it's it's actually a little bit interesting to watch the walking dead struggle with those two things back and forth because they have to hit the right tone i mean it can't always be just negative or we would all tune out there has to be some hope there has to be some something positive and and yet if we extrapolate this and put it into the narrative boy it's it is tough you can really see why the characters struggle so hard trying to maintain any level of sanity and hope for the future when things like this happen. Yeah. I think these conversations about what's going on in this show is one of those things that keep, I think, some people into it. But mm. in when we're on episode, season 10? Yeah, season 10. It's kind of hard to continue with that. Well... I don't know if that's true. I don't know. I, I don't necessarily think that, the, uh, but I think that what is going to happen is they're going to have to have some kind of come to Jesus moment where they're going to have to realize that they have to shift. Uh, and and I, I know that there is a limited now amount of seasons left for The Walking Dead. So in some ways, maybe that's good news because maybe they can try to sort of pull things together a little bit more. But I, I think that so far they have done an exceptional job of helping the, the story as it was told in the graphic novels and that to be something that is relevant and really shows, I mean, just in light of the current situation, you know, what does it look like when society starts to break down, you know, and I'm not even saying that we're breaking down. I'm saying, you know, we're, we have a set of circumstances that could 
easily be construed as, oh my gosh, this is the worst. But, you know, watch The Walking Dead and you realize that, no, 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 no. The, it, it's when society really breaks down, that's when we have all of this stuff sort of going on. I don't know. I'm, I don't necessarily think it's devoid of hope or that people don't tune in because they feel um, like, you know, that it's all negative. And I feel like people have stopped watching because they've, they feel like they've seen it all or they've seen as much as they need to see. That's what I think. Agreed. I, th- I feel like, you know, I've seen zombie kills in every kind of way. They do a fantastic job. They all do a great job. But it's like, yeah, we've seen there, been there, done that. Uh, I will say this about this episode. Shout out to the makeup artists because a lot of the uh, of the horde, I mean, they were really spectacularly well done. Uh, it, it was hard for me to see into uh, sort of anybody not looking like they were extremely well presented. You know, and sometimes that's been sort of a weird, you know, like you can kind of tell that not everybody got the same treatment. But it, I mean, this time it really felt like, wow, they did a really good job. Yeah, I don't know if you can see the screen, but uh, this guy right here, uh, look at the makeup on this guy. Yeah. He yeah he was actually really good. His his clothes were my favorite part of this particular character. Yeah. So um, uh, you know, ahead. I want to ask you a question. Sure. I, I ultimately, you know, we know that that a lot of this episode sort of dealt with um, betrayal mm-hmm. and um, and revenge, I guess. And I I wanted to know what you thought about what beta did because i actually had a harder time with what beta did than than i did with anything else that happened in this in this episode and i mean i feel like a lot happened in this episode um give me an idea what do you mean exactly as far as um before we continue well do you think that beta killing um that, well, do you think that Beta's uh, actions in this episode did anything that sort of betrayed what Alpha was actually saying that she wanted? Of course, yes. <laughs> yes, uh, big time. Um, you know, he decided to, to, this is what he wanted. It makes me wonder, is it a, a greater thing as far as him questioning her leadership is she the right person for it i mean he seems to be like a uh a true blue uh follower but this shows that maybe he didn't he doesn't um didn't think totally believe that well and then there's also i think uh another issue here oh sorry my screen went off there's also another issue here which is uh does you know is is beta the new alpha and i i feel like the answer is no, Beta is not the new Alpha. Even if he took over the Alpha, uh, even if he took over the Alpha position, he is clearly not Alpha, and I, I feel like that's important. No, yeah, I don't. I don't think that he he is. I think he's always going to do his thing in some sort of groups, but he doesn't want to be the the leader. But he is a leader, so right. So he's all, always going to be an Alpha in his own way, but not the alpha. 
Is there any way for the Whisperers to stay together without Alpha? I think so. I think Beta is definitely going to have to step up. And also, but I mean, they're definitely going to be wounded by it because they lost their guidance, their ship, you know. Mm. But he has, he, uh, I believe that uh, Beta carries such a big stick that people are not going to really um, cross him. So I think he can hold it together. Let's see how long, though. I, I, um, I, I'm not, I don't know. I, <clears throat> I mean, there's a part of me that thinks that it's Alpha's philosophy that keeps the Whisperers together. And I don't know if Beta has the same ability to command that philosophy in a way that would make sense to a bunch of people to be able to follow. Like, I'm not saying that Beta's not strong enough. I, you know, from a totalitarian standpoint, maybe. But, I mean, if you really were paying attention to this entire season, Alpha has such subtle nuances to what she said that it's hard for me to imagine that someone like Beta could step up and grab that role. And then what happens to all of those whispers? Where do they go? Who knows? I mean... It's scary. That's a good I mean, question. I, I don't it, know. It's scary in the sense that all those people now have to go. And we've seen every time that every time that the whispers basically um, come into contact with our people, uh, they say, oh, see, it's nothing like what you said it was. And that is pretty fascinating, you know? They were doubting what she was saying before. So... Well, they, I think they were, of course, they were doubting what she was saying. But I mean, the moment that they actually see that it's not what Alpha said it was, all of a sudden they are like, oh, yeah, OK, I get it. This was just all fake. This was just made to uh, have me be a sheep in this situation or whatever. I mean, like, it, it just doesn't it, it's it's very clear that they're all going to want some place to go. And where are they going to go? Mm hmm. Well, they're going to want to go to Hilltop. They're going to want to go to, you know, the different um, places. So I, I can't imagine that they're all going to follow. Are they all going to follow Beta? What do you think? Um, no, not at all. Some are going to get killed. Some are going to have to go out into the world. And some will probably get um, pulled into the group. So, okay. So let's talk about, I, I really want to sort of just focus in once again, because there's one more thing, obviously, at the end that is kind of a big deal. Um, but for Gamma, when Gamma, when he killed Gamma, I, I mean, obviously he was waiting for her to turn, right? Right. So that she could return to the, to the horde. Um, I, there was something so disturbing about that to me that I, I don't, I, I'm not even sure that I have the words to describe how disturbing that was. And I, I, I don't know. How did you feel about it? Uh, it's something that we've seen a lot, though, on the show. Them doing that, using them as a walker bomb or, you know, mm -hmm. or something like that. I mean, it, it's something that the governor used to do that all the time. I was just going to say I was reminded. Also, Deacon did it quite a few times, too. That's true. Yeah seems like it's like the trick of the bad guys to uh, to create the 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 very thing that we all fear the most out of the very thing that you could trust two minutes ago 
but uh, but more than that it stole from alpha the ability to sort of have some kind of justice right which i feel like was just incredibly god it was so disturbing i think that's why i feel like it was disturbing more than anything else is because it really sort of signals that beta is um he's if it's possible he's more of a monster than alpha was Mm. do you think so i kind of do yeah i don't think he's smart enough to be you know okay uh alpha's philosophy but he definitely is way more i mean he's just ready to jump from you know okay this is i i I don't know. I'm I'm trying to rationalize in my own head why he did that. Why did he do that? Why at that moment did he do that? I just felt like he thought it was the right thing to do. I felt like he wasn't given um, the instructions that he he really should have, and he just decided I'm just going to do that. You know, he's not physically but, afraid of Alpha, not at all. Right, but didn't Alpha tell him that she wanted? Uh, that she basically wanted to have Gamma be sort of brought to justice in front of everybody so that the whisperers would know, you know, this is the price. Yeah. He, he decided to usurp that and just do his own thing. So I just felt like he just made an executive decision that this is what was going to happen. Man, that's just so crazy. I don't know. That just seems really, uh, wild to me very wild but i'm i'm I'm, in a in a a strange way it it feels very much uh in line with the way that beta has been ramping up his sort of uh unhappiness with um everybody really so maybe it's not such a project i don't know you know it's kind of reminiscent of um i can't remember the character's name, but it was, uh, it was, um, um, Deegan's like number one in command when he decided to go rogue and then he ended up getting in that fight to the death with, uh, Negan and then he ended up, he ended Wait, up, who? um, remember, uh, Negan's number one? Oh, uh, not Dwayne, um, I, uh, everybody calls him Trevor because of uh, Grand Theft Auto. Right, right. But that uh, guy. Yeah, that guy. Okay, yeah. Who was just on Better Call Saul. That's right. Um, So he um, he went rogue near the end of his, well, it was the end of his tenure. And uh, he decided to, you know, to do some things on his own. And uh, obviously he took it a lot farther than uh beta did but he started thinking you know what i but his was more of a a power grab trying to you know become the leader and it didn't work out for him now beta i don't think necessarily was going to do that but but you know this kind of sets up i I, to me it does in my head it sets up uh, a final battle between beta and negan which is oddly what i feel like this because Alpha's death was so anticlimactic. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was surprising. And 
I didn't see it coming. I just, I didn't see it coming, not in this episode. Um, but toward the end, when they started looking at the, uh, at the cottage place, um, I even told the people that I was sitting with, Olivia's not there. And I don't know how I knew that. I just, it was like, uh, it was too obvious. And I knew that that isn't, that's not Negan. Negan is not like that. But I also didn't think that Negan, you know, we, uh, in another podcast, we covered a show called The Outsider. And one of the lines is, it takes an outsider to know an outsider. And it really, that line actually really resonated with me between Negan and Lydia because they are both outsiders. They both know what it feels like. And it seemed like, like meeting like just wasn't gonna, there was no way he he wasn't going to kill her or give her sacrifice her to uh to alpha but it but the, the idea that alpha's death at the hands of negan was just a slice across the throat felt so after all the other stuff that she's been through i don't know it, it kind of let me down a little bit really yeah. I mean, I totally saw when he was marching her out to the the woods, I knew it was in, it was over for her. <laughs> like it, it was pretty obvious that it was over. And then I knew they were going to do the whole silence of the lambs uh trope where you think they're going, you know, something is one place, but it's really something different, you know. And <laughs> I, and I literally was just talking about this trope. And then they do it on <laughs> they do it on here. I think they've done it before, if I remember correctly on there the whole uh and jonathan demi uh shout out to him rest in peace uh for starting that whole uh i believe he well, i believe he was the, the, the that was the first time in uh, mm. movie history when they did that if not somebody uh i'm sure is like oh no in the 1920s they did this in uh <laughs> you know somebody will come up with it but um yeah i i, I it was somewhat anticlimactic um but the whole giving her a kiss before she died and you know some of that stuff was kind of like really like you know oh i don't know i do i felt like that was just very negan uh, because negan is such an over the top character anyway i was not that didn't shock me at all it didn't shock me it just was like uh, you know like you know they tried to make it into some sort of you know emotional thing him killing her or something like he okay so i guess that's why they had sex so that when he killed her that it would there would be some kind of you know something there for him to you know uh i don't know i mean maybe maybe but i i I don't i don't think that that's actually why i think it was to to put negan in a position of this and that's why he did it right i mean it all makes sense if we see it in context of Negan was really there to kill Alpha, he was never there to join Alpha. Carol Which was let so obvious. I mean that that whole thing was so obvious that that's what it was going to be, you know. So, you know, and I, I think we even talked about it um, that he was going to decapitate her and all of that. I, I think I brought that up. You you brought up that it was Carol that that uh, was a part of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I guess we were both right. But, you know, I mean, you know, I I didn't like, okay, I didn't mind how it happened, 
but then the whole at the end is like took you long enough. Like you're like, oh, okay, you know, what's this Ocean's uh, fourteen? <laughs> you yeah. know, like it's an Ocean's fourteen yeah. plot. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It, it is uh, what it was, is. <clears throat> what's interesting to me is that, um, is that Negan decided for himself that he that he would work with Alexandria or at least Carol uh, to get rid of Alpha and and it still feels like he's doing it for his own best interest but clearly saving Lydia was not I mean that was that was actually uh, a slight redemptive little piece that he exhibited there you know that was not I I didn't I mean I'm glad that he was able to help Carol but I don't think that him helping Carol was re- as redemptive as him just not giving Lydia to Alpha. And I think the whole thing with, um, I think the whole thing with, um, why, why did he have to kidnap Lydia? I mean, she wasn't going to go in there anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, uh, no. You know what? <clears throat> I actually disagree with that. Negan did not know what other, uh, whispers might be around because he can't tell them apart mm-hmm. um, or who else might show up that could interfere with that plan. And I, I actually think that it was smart on his part to pretend like this is what he was doing. And I mean, obviously even she thought that she was in moral peril. And I feel like that was, that was really smart on his part. Cause I don't think that he could have convinced alpha if he didn't have some of that up his sleeve like there's no way that anybody's ever going to find Lydia and be able to come over and say hey we got Lydia too you know like I mean like the plan was actually very well constructed right (laughs) okay I think well I do okay we'll go with that Uh, so any last words before we uh, say goodbye to this episode well one thing that really struck me about this episode was uh, Judith's part in it. I wanted to ask you first what you thought about that. Uh, what about <laughs> Judith's part? We... Well, just the way that Judith now is, uh, well, the way that she handled uh, what's-his-name's death, because he had to kill himself because he'd gotten bitten, but, you know, he did so to help the kids. I mean, like, it was very self-sacrificing. But, you know, Judith had... Uh, God, she's been through so much. And to see some of the, uh, why it's so difficult for a child growing up in this, uh, it, it's it's almost, uh, it's heartbreaking. I just, I was just wondering what you thought about, you know, her ability to sort of handle with such aplomb. I, I don't know, something, the, the, watching somebody else when you know that they're going to commit suicide i mean she obviously knew and she and i guess she kind of knew that it was for the best for everybody i mean like wow that's hard for me as an adult i'm gonna say something that people are not gonna like Uh uh-oh i'm not a fan of judith (laughs) like I, i you know the whole oh this precocious kid who's killing people and all of this stuff and ain't it cool you know like the way that they kind of introduced her from the beginning 
mm. to now, it's just like, I mean, I get it. I guess we need to see someone who was born into this world and grew up in the world. You know, that uh, that does add something to it. But, I mean, yeah, okay, so that was cool, you know, and like you were saying, and I love John Finn, great actor. Uh, didn't necessarily love his character on this show because at times he could be annoying. Yeah. But um, love the actor. Um, I mean, yeah, it was cool. They did a good job, you know. Uh, but I mean, I don't. I just be glad when Judith scenes are over. <laughs> I don't think that you need to like <clears throat> the Judith character to understand the 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 storytelling perspective of what it's like to be a child growing up in all of this. <clears throat> I mean, maybe they, maybe uh, part of the mistake that, that I think that they made with Judith early on was they, um, when they introduced her to us, it was right when Rick was sort of getting ready to leave. So even though there was some crossover uh, scene stuff, I don't feel like we ever got to really feel what, that that connection what that connection was and so most of the connection that we have with judith is through michonne but um, i do i think that there is there is a level of judith's character that really sort of feels like it, it is one of the best ways to explain why it is so hard for these people to go to keep going to have children to even want to bring children into the world because stuff like this happens and you know we've seen how some of the stuff turns people into very cynical very horrible people and i don't know there's something unique about the judith storyline which i have to say i do like even if you don't like the precociousness of the character there is still something sort of unique about us seeing what it's like to live in the zombie apocalypse through the eyes of a child, because that's not something that we would think of to see every day for sure. I mean, I, and I seeing it through I the mean, eyes of a I mean, I get it and all that. It's just not entertaining to me. Uh, it's right. important. I think it's important to, if you're going to tell a 10 year story, um, I guess we, which you we know, are. We, yeah. Which you have to get into it. It's just that, uh, um, you know, it's just not exciting to me. That that's that part is not exciting to me. But you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's just the way they they do it or what. It's just I find myself when she comes on the screen, and nothing against the, the actress. It, I just find myself going, okay, when we gonna get through this? You know, <laughs> like you know. Uh, so yeah, not a big fan, but. You don't even like the Judith scenes with Negan? I mean, you know. I don't know, man. Sometimes the Negan stuff is is a little annoying at times. Really? Yeah, because he's like, is he like the Fonz or something? He's like, hey, you know, I'm Negan. I got a leather jacket. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, and then he, he's kind of, you know, he's so over the top at times and stuff. And, you know, but that is Negan. 
Yeah, I know, but that doesn't mean that you, you like it. <laughs> you know, well, all the time. Uh, I mean, so. yeah, there's that. I don't. I don't think Negan is actually designed to be uh, likable. Yeah. I think Negan is designed to be rather abrasive. You know, I don't think it's necessarily likable or likability. It's just that. Um, it's just at times you're just like, okay, I get it. You're cool, Negan, with the leather jacket. <laughs> I get it. The world's falling apart, but I'm keeping it together. Hey. That's <clears throat> that's just his coping mechanism, though, right? That's mm-hmm. just him being, like, because we saw him in previous seasons exactly like that. And even when everything's falling apart, Negan's, uh, his, I don't even know what the word is. Whatever that sarcasm is, it's it just masks everything. That's all it is. It's just a mask. Yeah, I'm cool, Negan, y'all. And then, uh, you know, and I get it. You know, like, you know, like like I said, the actor is cool. He's great, and uh, the character uh, is most of the time good. It's just that at times it's just like, okay, all right, all right, Neeks. <laughs> moving on yeah. <clears throat> yeah okay i mean i, I you know i can see I, I can see why why you would be a little uh um uh not what's a good word for that um like okay i'm over it i get it i do get it yeah all right so any uh <clears throat> final final i i i think also <clears throat> one thing, excuse me. One thing that um, is was really interesting about this episode was that they chose to focus on, uh, or and also I guess chose to focus on <clears throat> the fact that Eugene is now kind of off on his new errand, uh, or and he heads out to Charleston, which we know is an important milestone in The Walking Dead. So what they do with this, I think may sort of help us understand how they're going to close this out. Yeah. Which is, you know, like I said, yeah, we'll see. I'm looking forward to how this, how this is going to play out. I guess we'll see. All right. So Jen, how can we get you on social media and all that good stuff? You know, I wanted to make a quick special sort of uh, announcement that um, you can get me on social media on following, I mean, on Twitter at following bliss one. But if any of you out there <clears throat> have kids that you are homeschooling or need homeschooling resources for, I have completely opened up one of my websites called homeschooling network. It's totally free of charge. Go use all of the lesson plans and worksheets and everything that you need. And until all this stuff is over, it's totally, again, it's just totally free. So you can find me there. You can also find me at my uh, other websites, moviesmakethemeal.com and studiowhitewolf.com. All right, all right, all right. You can get me at uh, Kente F on Twitter, Kente Ferguson on Instagram, and indyradio.org. That's I-N-D-Y radio.org. We will catch you next time with an all-new episode. You guys have a great rest of your week. God bless and stay safe. Peace.